This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great, because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. devil are you welcome along to another new show um i put a lot of thought into this i thought what can i call it um well it's the weekend and it's an extra show to what i got planned so weekend extra it seemed quite obvious you'd pay you'd, you'd come to me if you want ideas don't be paying all those expensive prices at these uh pr firms you know 
It is Leicester Till I Die TV. It is a bit of a special one we've got on tonight. We've got a new guest and we're going to be looking through the squad. Uh, not exactly a snog, marry and avoid, uh, although I'm sure there's a few ladies out there that, that wouldn't mind uh, snogging one or two. and Maybe one or two gents as well. Let's not let's not, uh, let's not be unfair. Um, but no, it's more of a uh, keep, sell or loan I think we're going to be doing. Uh, but if you could do this for me, uh, which is subscribe to the channel if you are on YouTube, which is Leicester Till I Die TV. And if you could also very very kindly uh if you're listening to us if you're not and you have a podcast search on the podcast platforms we're on all the major ones and most of the little ones as well but this is just one more thing i would ask you to do Leicester lead again the goals are flowing here now the Leicester till i die shop is now open for all your Leicester till i die merchandise visit the Leicester till i die shop at our website Indeed, please support the channels that support our channel. Um, you can find, if you want uh, an intro or an outro video like the one you've just seen, $6. That is just £4.95. And it's back within, well, usually about 10, 15 minutes. Go to um, introchamp.com. And if you want 5% off any Leicester Till I Die wear, why would you? Obviously, is the question. But you can get 5% discount at uh, all the W's, LeicesterTillIDie.com forward slash shop. Uh, you get 10% discount if you go to Faithful Grips. I think it sounds a bit rude, that. It's not an Anthemers subsidiary. It is a place to go for all your accessory needs, whether that's buttons, controllers, leads, whatever. 10% discount if you quote the... Uh, the code which is in the description below on YouTube and 3retro.com for all your retro shirts, be they international or team. And there is a selection of Leicester shirts on the site. Uh, Doug, good evening. What are you doing on here, Doug? You got married yesterday. Now, I'm sorry, are you, uh, are you not otherwise engaged? Or oh, is this a is this foreplay for you and the missus? But welcome along, <laughs> and I hope hope it went very well. It looked to by uh, by the pictures, um, and to, so good luck, well done uh, to yourself and Rebecca there. Um, genius, Chris, genius name, um, and hello to Evadent as well. Thanks for coming in. I tell you what, Doug, no wonder Rebecca's always walking around with a smile on the face. Saw those fur photographs of you from the wedding. My God, have you got big feet. Anyway, talking of which, let's bring our first. You know this one. He's got his high chair out. He's all ready and to go. We'll say hi to Ant from Ant's uh, Leicester Fan Channel. Good evening, Ant. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, I've got my high chair out, but I haven't had to change my top, so... Who's a real winner? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, when you get to a certain age, you perspire maybe a bit more than, uh, <laughs> than you actually I do have to change. But no, it's nice to have you along. Give everybody uh, a shout out as to where they can find you. Uh, so, as you've already said, Ants Leicester fan channel on YouTube and also Beyond the 90 LCFC. 
uh, going to be pushing a lot of content on both channels for the upcoming season. So make sure to check both of them out. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, good evening to Richard as well there. I think your uh, your brother's on Dan's channel at the moment, talking about that division that's below us. Um, we've got a special guest now, um, first time on the channel, but it is absolutely brilliant to have him. A great YouTuber and big Leicester fan. Uh, that's Thomas. Good evening, sir. How are good you? Evening. Welcome along. I'm very well. Thank you very much for asking. No, no, you're so good to have you. Where can people find you? Uh, so my YouTube channel mainly, TFJ, mm -hmm. as mentioned. Um, that's essentially it. There'll be a lot more Leicester videos that I will be posting uh, in the next couple of weeks, months. So, yeah. Well, thing. I don't think there'll be transfer uh, videos at this point. No, exactly. <laughs> we don't. We've got to sign somebody first. But welcome along. Now, um, Thomas's link isn't in uh, the description below, but I will add it in at, at the end of the show. Uh, Ants is already in there. I think it's just in there permanently, Ants, you know. But I know uh, you contacted us, uh, Thomas, and you wanted to sort of go through the team, the squad, uh, and ha have a chat about them all. Is that right? Definitely. That's bang on. Yeah. But we're going to start. <laughs> I'm doing it now to get it out of the way because, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going we're gonna to talk about the manager. We're going to talk about Brendan Rogers. He's been with us now. This is the third season. Uh, and, you know, I know you're not his biggest fan. Um, you want to, you are going to give him a little bit longer, you said, though. What, what have you got against Brendan? Sit back. Ten minutes, uh, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, sit back, mate. Go get a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> no, I've got nothing against Brendan Rogers, and I think I want to look at this, and I have done as impartially as possible, like seeing both sides of it. But the biggest flaw for me is the fact that it's the third season, and we, the issues that have been there for quite a while have not been addressed in terms of set pieces, in terms of conceding goals late on in the game. Game and be, like these issues that they're not just issues from this season, by the way, they're issues that have been there for quite a while. But this season they've just been amplified up to a whole new level, and they're just they're going nowhere. And like in a third season, you'd expect these to be sort of started to get direct, get got rid of, and they're just not at all, they're getting worse and worse. And like as well, the injuries, the injuries, like some of them, like for Farnie, you just cannot. You cannot sort of expect to happen. That was complete bad luck. But at the same time, some of them is awful squad management. Like James Justin coming back after eight months off to then play three games in eight days when you've got Luke Thomas are uh, available at left wing as another left back, and then uh, James Justin picking up another muscle injury is like absolutely no one's surprise there at all. And I think as well, it's just got a lot of the football's got very flat. It's lost that fizz and it's lost that sort of spark that it had in that first two years where we were absolutely brilliant for long periods. Um, and, like, you look at his track record, but um, wherever he goes, that third season, it does, he does, like, the record does drop off massively. And it's it happened at Swansea. Celtic, I, you can't really say much about Celtic. It's the Scottish League. He did very well there, and you've got to credit where it's due. And um, But uh, Liverpool as well, exactly the same thing. And I think... He's a brilliant, brilliant coach. And I don't think there's many better coaches than him. But I think he's a brilliant coach, and, but not a great manager, which is the difference. And like what you look at the way that he's improved players when they come in, like Harvey Barnes has improved massively. Uh, James Justin, the list goes on. 
But then when he's bringing in his own players, and this is on sort of good record that he's gone against the club scouts to sign the likes of Bertrand and Vestergaard. So it's like, in terms of his coach to improve players, I think he's absolutely outstanding. But then when it comes to sort of the other side of it, I don't, I don't have that much faith in him. And then we've talked about it before. We mentioned it uh, before we came on, the 4-1 Forest defeat. That was, for me, just like, that sort of summed up where I, I sort of, my feelings towards Rodgers this season. Because, I, as I say, those first two seasons, I don't think there can be too much criticism. I, mean, I think he's absolutely brilliant what he's done there. But in that in this season, that Forest game very much summed it up, like, where we are this year, in terms of just flat, sort of energyless, and we rolled over and took it far too easily and this will be Brandon Rogers's longest term job so what I'm hoping is by the end of next year I'm sat here people are coming back to this clip and clipping me up and I'm eating humble plight. Is he still talking? I am. (laughs) I thought I could go walk the dog come back. (laughs) (laughs) No no, but what I'm saying is I'm not one of those that wants to see Rogers fails I, I want nothing more than to be sat here at the end of next season and be be wrong about it but I just I, you know, when you just don't have that confidence in mm. someone. But yeah, I've said my piece. I'll shut up now. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that before, so I, I, I didn't. I know I didn't miss anything. <laughs> Last season, it wasn't. I mean, he did well in my eyes um, to actually get us to eighth at the end of the day, day. Just one place off Europe, a European semi-final. Look at the injuries he had. You know, he has. He was playing players that he shouldn't have been playing because he'd got nobody else to come in. Did he not sort of? Did he not get credit for what he achieved last uh, last year with the sort of injuries we had? And you say you say I'm going to sorry to cut you off, Tom, but you're saying about injuries when half of the injuries were bad squad management, like James Justin coming back way too like and playing in three games in eight days when you've got another left back like Luke Thomas there available. It's like. Yes, you can never account for the Fafana injuries, but there's a level of it that he's got to take responsibility for. Like injuries aren't an excuse when he two things. Um like he's he's accountable for a lot of the injuries, and at the same time, we're not the only team in the league that had injuries. Nobody had as many as us, did they, Thomas? No. No, I think it's um, I think it's a tricky, tricky situation to be in because everything that you've brought up has been they've been good points, they have been solid points, but I also think not just for Leicester. If you look at the whole Premier League, it's a cycle of always blaming the manager, and when the manager goes, the the issues don't really get fixed. And do you, do you not think that you know we we've we've had Brendan and he's come in with a plan, whether that's a you know four, five, six-year plan, whatever, to develop the youth. If he goes, we then get another manager coming in. Yeah. He may not like the players that are there. He may not fancy Madison or, you know, he may think Perez is the best thing since life's bread. And you're literally just starting again. That's it, because you have to bring a whole new set of ideals and a whole new playing style and it might not work. I, I mm. just think it doesn't make any sense to, to get rid of, of him now when he's still in that process of developing players further, potentially getting them into his style of play. I hear that point, but that's the same for any, any manager coming into a new club. But so, like, it would 
by that logic, and I don't think Brendan Rodgers should be sat at the start of the season. I think he deserves yeah. like the summer to bring in some more players and then go again. But I, I always find by this logic, then no manager should ever, ever get sacked because then it's going to have to start again. So, like, I do think, um, I do think though that if we do bring in another manager, it's got to be another manager who builds on the ideas of what Brendan Rodgers has done. A, a manager who's going to keep promoting the youth in the way that he does, and Brendan Rodgers deserves a lot of credit for that. And a manager who's going to carry on and improve the attacking style of football that has started to be played. So it's not as if it will be like completely starting from fresh, but it'll be a manager who's going to almost like how, um, you know, how Claude Puel sort of carried on from what Brendan Rodgers did. It wasn't as if it was a complete restart. What uh, Brendan Rodgers did? Uh, what? Sorry, Claude, Claude Brendan, Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers on the brain, admit it. Admit it. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers has carried on with what Claude Puel started in terms of the transition yeah. of uh, mm. Claude Puel's football was very boring, but it was the first time we'd seen like a proper possession style of football in yeah. terms of uh, starting to see the uh, youth players coming through. So just because a manager does go doesn't mean that you've got to scrap everything that the previous one has done before. You can build on the positives as Brendan Rodgers have, has done of what Claude Puel did, whilst also also sort of getting rid of the free CDMs at home, which was like watching paint paint dry. But, I mean, Tom, I, I, I do get, I mean, I, you know, you are making some good points. And like you can say, you know, Ranieri won it because of, you know, when he came in and he sort of won it because of what Nigel Pearson had put in place. But... You know, we're saying about the, you know, the three centre-backs, but is it not a case of, you know, him walking into the, you know, changing room on Friday saying, right, who's fit? You know, there's three people put their hand, three defenders put their hand up, that's it. We're playing three at the back. Well, there is that side of it, but there's also the side that on, like, good accounts that he went against the scouts to sign Vestergaard on a short-term notice, admittedly because of what happened to Fafana. So, it's like, yes, the injuries at centre-back were, you, you can't account for that. But at the same time, he brought in a centre-back for 20 million, then rather play a right-back over in there. No, I mean, I, I, Thomas, we've got no argument with uh, Vestergaard and, um, yeah. and Bertrand, have we? <laughs> no, none at all. I mean, these these types of things, they, they do happen, obviously, yeah. at the level of football that is being played. Um, however, I, I, I just do disagree with you there, though. I really do think that, that Brendan... He, at least give him give him another season. That's it. And as I say, mate, I'm one of those. I, I don't agree with this mentality of wanting to see him fail. I want yeah. nothing more to be at the end of next season. I saw all singing Brendan Rodgers' Blue on My Army again and all like thinking he's the best thing since sliced bread. But it's just I don't have the confidence in him, particularly when it comes to the crunch time of the season, if I'm completely honest. And as I say, like that Forest game, like that was just, I don't know if you went to it, but that, was just like one of the most sort of like gut wrenching games going to, and it's not as if that's a one off this year either. Like the Tottenham game, like ninety fourth minute, yeah. um, Brighton conceding late, West Ham conceding late. Like when it's a one off thing, then you can sort of account it to the players. But when it happened, it's happening five, six, seven times in the season. I think then that's when it starts to reflect on the manager, not just the players, and. Again, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I think Brendan Rodgers is this awful manager at all. I just think for the cal- for what we're playing him, he's not the calibre. But, and I don't 
think he's I think he's run his race at Leicester. Would you agree, Thomas? Or I mean, you know, who 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 is there out there that we could replace him with? This is the thing. I'm I'm not too sure who, who there is out there that could fit that type of of Leicester manager type of mould. Because the thing is, last time when we when we sat uh, Ranieri a, f- a few years back, we brought in Claude Puel, and then straight away, like yeah, he was playing very boring football. And but not only that, it he didn't really fit the Leicester manager type of uh, type of mould, and mm. it would be. I think it would be quite difficult not only to find a manager that would be able to revitalise the team and revitalise the squad, but also someone who fits that persona of a Leicester manager. I mean, uh, I'll, sorry, Adam, carry on. Uh, I was going to say, I see this point a lot and I do sort of get it, but at the same time, if we're keeping someone just because they like, and like people are backing him just because they don't know who else is available, then I do think that's sort of like clutching us at straws in a sense but I do get the point but it's like you look across Europe uh, like Nelson Verissimo I think of, is his name the Benfica manager like he's and like there are managers out there that I've, I do I talk about Portuguese football quite a bit because a lot of my family live in Portugal which is why I always uh, refer to it but um, it's like uh, Ruben Almiron as well at Port, uh, Sporting Lisbon like these yeah. young managers with like the idea, this very similar principles. And we've seen like Bruno Large from Wolves, who's come across from Portugal as well. There's a lot of good young managers out there that, that wouldn't, that I wouldn't be against us seeing, giving, giving some of them a chance. But it's to say, my, my issue with what, with Brendan Rogers and this, I don't blame him for this and I don't really blame anyone because I understand why he's at, and it is he's on ten million pounds a year. He uh, he should be held accountable to to the managers that are on that similar wage wage and s- similar salary to him. And I don't think mean that in terms of we should be competing with Jurgen Jurgen Klopp because he's on a similar wage. What I mean is his standard should be held up to a higher point than I saw people saying last year. Well, we're staying up, so it's so it's all right. And it's like if we're paying a manager the high wage with um, like I think he should be held up to higher standards. But there you go. What, what, what you're saying about Klopp was in, in terms of think about how long it took for him to build up the now relentless Liverpool side. It took, to be fair though, Klopp, like, and I don't think it's comparable us to Liverpool. I don't think there's any compar- comparison for a couple of reasons because we can't spend the finances that they can in terms of the transfer market. But also, uh, Liverpool we were in a European Cup final, what would have been is it 18 months of of uh, Klopp getting here. Hmm. Uh, getting there. So and, I'm, and, uh, they're, they're not comparable because we can't spend like the two, what they have. We can't offer like the 350 grand a week they've just offered to Salah. I think they're like a footballing institution and it's almost sort of like it's not comparable with. Yeah. To get, to get somebody of a decent standard that we want, we're going to have to pay the big money. Because that's the that's the we want to be dining at the top table. We can't be dining at the top table if we're, you know, if our managers, you know, just come over from Lidl. Um, and yeah, you said you about Wolves. I mean, Wolves finished below us. Um, they've also got an absolute crap squad. If we're being honest. But, well, yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Again, I can't really argue with that. But are you saying about, you know, whether it's boring football or not? Would you say, and I ask this of a lot of like West Ham fans, both of you sort of, you know, I'll ask you first, Thomas, would you sooner win a game 1 0 
and it be boring and we have to score on the break, but it gets us into a final or whatever? Or would you sooner draw a game, exciting game, three all? I, I, me personally, I would say it depends where we are at in the season. If it's the very, if it's the first part of the season, then you would want some exciting football to bring some, you know, to bring some oomph to the squad. And I think that later on, into a season or like you're saying to potentially progress into a final or the further stages you have to take those those one nil wins or even a draw to get you through to the next stage of the competition and yeah i mean and the same question but you know when we had ranieri when we won the premier league we went on a long run of one nil wins yeah, I've always said it, this. I don't care how we win. It can come exactly. off the players' arse for all I care. One shot mm. on goal. Like, for me, like playing the beautiful football is, is entertaining to watch. And don't get me wrong, I have enjoyed it over the, uh, at times. But, but I'd take a 1-0 win every day of the week if like one shot on goal and we got absolutely peppered. But that's just, that's just me. Yeah. Just, well, before, like... before this turns into sort of a, a Brendan Rodgers show... Let me just, I'll leave, I'll ask one last question and then we will move on to the actual players. Um, I'll stick with you first for this, Anthony. Is Rogers a victim of his own success? You know, he's had two very good seasons when, all right, you know, the argument was we, we lost out in the Champions League, but at the start of both of those seasons, we'd have bitten your hand off for fifth. He's won an FA Cup. Is, you know, <laughs> is, he, is he set very high standards and obviously he struggled this year? Is he a victim of his own success? To an extent, yes, but I think he's also a victim of his own stubbornness. But like, there's no denying those first two seasons were brilliant for him. Uh, well, for us, sorry. Like, I do think one of the times, particularly, we should have got Champions League football for the position that we were in. With mm. like, as you say, at the start of the season, you don't, you, we didn't expect to be there for either of them. But I think your expectations change throughout the season, particularly when you're 14 points clear of fifth place. But as you say, he set the bar very high, winning first FA Cup, absolutely brilliant. But I don't think, and you, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here, I don't think there'll be the frustration around Brendan Rodgers this year if he hadn't been so stubborn with the with the set pieces, with the with the adamant of playing the same system when we were losing players but putting like round pegs in square holes and almost that stubbornness to change anything. And then I think he's also added a lot more pressure on himself with this rebuild talk, which, as you say, Chris, it might, it's, it probably was a political answer to try and uh, G up the players, but it hasn't been interpreted that way by the majority of the fan base. No. So I think he has, I think that's backfired on him. So there is the element of, yes, that he is a victim of his own success. But at the same time, as we mentioned earlier, if you, if you want to dine at the top table... You can't have success a couple of years ago and then live off live off that success. It's got to be a right. You've got to keep keep delivering it because football is a results based business, and you can't keep going. Well, look what I did a couple of years ago. Mm. Unless you're a Man United manager, um, <laughs> Thomas. I mean, the thing, the same question. You know, is he is he um, a victim of his own success? But we had two years, and a bit like when we won the Premier League, as much as we won the Premier League and the table yeah. doesn't lie, etc., etc., you know, Tottenham imploded at the end. Arsenal mm. were just having a typical Arsenal sort of season. Man United were still trying to sort themselves out under Louis van Gaal. Um, the, you know, Liverpool were, were, were struggling. They were still trying to rebuild. And Manchester City sacked the manager 
uh, with about six games to go, which is never, I don't think, a very good thing to do. Um, so last two seasons, Arsenal haven't been at the, at the races. Tottenham haven't. They've both come back this season. Yet Manchester United have imploded. So did that make us maybe have seem to have a better couple of seasons than we perhaps actually did? I mean, I I, I think it, it they're they're in a in a sense kind of yes because look actually wait let me rephrase that and I think that that particular season when we won the title there obviously a lot of the clubs at the time were in that rebuild type phase phase and they weren't really uh, performing to the extent that they could have been performing however it's uh, it, during the whole season there are a lot of games to be played and it, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that that is the main reason as to why we won the league we still had to go through game over game yeah. and keep yeah, yeah. that kind of uh, energy through um it, it just it it really depends on on the individual the other clubs as well but i think you mm. can focus on your own squad and take it there yeah yeah well, let's leave Brendan Rodgers there. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to be for that quite that long, but I guess, I guess really deep down I, I did. Uh, Connor, good evening. How are you? Welcome along. And words and pictures. Um, how the devil are you? Uh, West Ham fan there. You want? I know when you wanted to come on here, um, uh, Thomas, you wanted to talk about the players and the squad. Definitely. So let's uh, let's start with the goalkeepers. Uh, now this is only showing the first team squad. So, yeah. uh, but obviously there's development players as well, which I can get up on a different screen here. Uh, we've got four goalkeepers. Talking to goalkeepers in the um, in the development squad, we could almost have a team of them. Um, yeah. Thoughts thoughts on Schmeichel then? Let's start off with you. The, the highest highest of respect for him. Um, I think he always gets kind of looked down upon because of the who his father was. Mm. But in terms of Leicester, he, Leicester, he's been such a loyal and important player uh, in the past couple of years, ever since he joined. Um, it, it, who's going to replace him in a few years' time? I don't think there's going to be any clubs willing to to take him on as he go as he gets towards the end of his career. So I think he will be at the club. Until he retires, um, I think he's they, got one year left on his contract. Yeah, I think they, I think he will, he will stay, and he's still a pivotal part of the, the squad, um, more so than than Danny Ward and, and whatnot. Now I must admit, see, I I disagree with that, but I will come back to that when I've sort of asked sure. and what he thinks about Casper uh, Schmeichel. Do we cash in or, or would we not get that much for him with his age? No, I think we keep him particularly to at least to the end of this contract. His leadership alone is worth worth keeping him. He's an mm. absolute leader on the pitch. And in terms of a shot stopper, I don't think there's many better in the Premier League than him. There is concerns and weaknesses to his game that I think have become more obvious, like with this transition of play that we're now playing this playing out from the back, which doesn't suit him at all. His distribution it, it like he isn't a modern keeper in terms of that sense, and he doesn't claim crosses, so there are weaknesses to his game for sure. But absolute club legend, 100% keep him for at least to the end of his contract. But I'd 
saying cash in on him, I don't think we'll get more than five million for him, if I'm completely honest. So I'll keep him and I'll have him as number it's, one. It's, next still, year. it's still more than we, we, we paid uh, yeah. four million more. But I, yeah, I get what you're both saying. But you see, for me, and we spoke about this on your show earlier, Ant, you know, are we doing a Mark Albrighton here? Are we keeping him because of what he's done? Um, you know, he might he might as well be a vampire because he, he's scared to come out for crosses. He doesn't control his box. Uh, mm. When he kicks the ball up the field, nine times out of ten, it goes out of play. So he does have to pass the sort of players that are near him. Um, like you say, he's not sort of the, the sort of goalkeeper that a lot of clubs are looking for now. Danny Ward's knocking on the door. We've got Iverson... Who, who is one of the development goalkeepers um, that, that is being highly spoken of. I'm trying to think where he was on um, loan last season, but he, he went absolutely got good, you know, good reviews. Is it time that we do a Gordon Banks? I mean, we, you know, we had Gordon Banks, and I know I'm going back and, you know, a long, long way here, but we had Gordon Banks, a World Cup winner, and we had Peter Shilton coming through saying, I want more game time, and they let Gordon Banks go. And we know what happened with, you know, um, with with, um, with with Peter Shilton, is um, it not time to give Danny Ward? I mean, he's you know he's, he's, he's he ever, I didn't realise until he came on. You know, if he played that one game in the last season, he's only had that one game in the Premier League. Yeah, for me, I think Danny Ward's a Premier League level goalkeeper, but I don't think he's a top ten goalkeeper. Um, I think he's. I think if we're gonna move beyond Schmeichel, I'll. Like this probably sounds very harsh to Danny Ward. I would look to Iverson because I think Iverson is already a very, very capable keeper. He was one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the championship last year with Preston. And I think he he's one that we could put in goal for the next five, ten years and develop into something very special because he's already got that shot-saving ability in his distribution. Whilst it's not like a, a Edison, David Rea, uh, like Allison level is still a hell of a lot better than what Schmeichel's is. So for me, I would rather see Iverson get given a chance than Danny Ward because with Danny Ward, I just think he's a bog standard keeper. If I'm completely honest, uh, Tom Thomas, I, I mean, I, do you agree? I have to say, I agree. Uh, I mean, he, and to be fair, Danny Ward as well. He is getting reasonably old he's getting towards the end of his career I think and uh, if we were to get rid of Casper eventually and, and sell him on we would need a, a new up-and-coming keeper that was just building its way through the ranks yeah but you see my, my thoughts are like I say I've I mean you said about Schmeichel being a leader don't give me a hundred percent agree with that but no way should he be a captain how can he control and have any input into something that's happening up at the other end of the, of the pitch. He can't. Goalkeepers should but, never be captains. But a goalkeeper pitch, that's the thing. They can see the whole pitch and they know what's going on there. You know, that's, that's part yes, of the but game. How, how does he, you know, he's, he's got to run all the way up the pitch if he wants to get involved. I mean, technically speaking, there's only the, the captain should be speaking to the referee. We know it doesn't happen that way, but, you know, he's yeah. then got to run all the way back. He's knackered by the time he gets back to his goal. I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course. The but, thing is, I agree with your point of not, I'm not a huge fan of goalkeepers as captain, but if you've got enough leaders across the team, like if Schmeichel's shouting something out to Johnny Evans and that message can be passed out throughout the team, it doesn't mean necessarily that a message has to come from Schmeichel to Vardy. Like, mm -hmm. 
for just as an example, because Vardy would be the furthest player up the pitch normally. Like yeah. if if uh, Schmeichel's got a message that he can get up to Vardy, then he can show it, and then someone in the midfield can carry on the message. It's not as well, if apparently, and I only just found this out too. Johnny Evans is our vice captain. Yeah. <laughs> but do you guys not think that yeah, I, I'm all for Iverson. We've we've got some good goalkeepers, you know, in, in, in the development squad. But do you not think that one season for Danny Ward to take that role on? We've seen, you know, he he's good with penalties like Casper is. Um he's an international goalkeeper, albeit with Wales. Um give him that season, bring Iverson through for the cup games, the FA Cup and the and the League Cup. Give Danny Ward the Premier League games, and then maybe at the end of next season we could move Danny Ward on and bring Everson through with another guy from. The, the, and I'm, I can, you know what I'm like for pronouncing names. Should we check or something? Is it in the? Is that the, uh, is that the American lad? No, uh, I think that's Chicholo Odunze, isn't it? Who? The American is Chituri Odunze. Oh, yeah, no, I just wanted to say that name again. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna hate you sometimes. But no, <laughs> I can't. Oh, Brad Young. Yes, he's English. He's a goalkeeper. No, the, the, the one I'm thinking of is Stolacek. He's Polish. He's supposed to be uh, not a bad, uh, not a bad uh, goalkeeper. But that way, we're sort of progressing it on. And mm. there was so much wrong. How often? Did we not see Casper come out at corners? And I know with man marking, it wasn't working. But how often did he control that uh, that that six-yard box? There weren't there some stats that, like, in the Watford game, in fifth, uh, Danny Ward came out and caught more crosses than Schmeichel had all season? <laughs> Probably. Quite possibly, you know. Um, but and it's not, you know, it's not like you've got peppered against Watford, is it, if we're being completely honest? <laughs> Apart from that opening 15 minutes where we should have been freaking down. This is what we like about football. We all have opinions, yeah. and I just happen to be right because it's my channel. No. <laughs> <I'm> joking, <laughs> uh, but no, that, that's what I would do. I just think you know, sometimes don't get me wrong, I love Schmeichel, maybe give him a coach and all. I don't know, but um, I just think it, it is time, it is time to, to, to move on. But let's let's go into the uh, into the defense now. Uh, it's James Justin. I mean, we talked about him earlier, didn't we? Um, but Tom, well, Thomas, what a good signing he's proved to be. Absolutely solid. Such a solid player. And, and he's still fairly young. Uh, I think he has so much more time to develop and, and he's only going to get better, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, you, we, we love this guy, don't we? We do. And we were saying earlier, Tom, on my channel about... Imagine if he'd signed for Arsenal or one of the bigger clubs. Uh, there's like their fan bases wouldn't accept like them signing a player from League One Luton Town. That's sort of where we've got this advantage over them. Uh, yeah. Like, but we can bring in these players, we can build them up, and like I think I think James Justin's one of the most underrated players in our squad. Not just because he's a good player, but you can play him at left back, you can play him at mm -hmm. a centre back and a back three, and you can also play him at right back. Like yeah. versatility like that is so important when you've got a thin squad like we have. Yeah, and it's constantly rotating as well, so he, he really can play anywhere, as you were saying. Definitely. Words, I've just got... I've not even got words for you. I'm just going to give you that. 
I mean, he, he was he was paid for England, Tom. I mean, I think he was a bit out of his depth. I mean, he, he did unfortunately get injured, but I think, you know, I say we, we, he wasn't probably quite ready. But nice to see him progress. And he is a Rogers-type player that can play, you know, like say, in, in more than one position. Exactly, exactly. Definitely one that we need to, to keep on and keep bringing him through the system. Yeah, yeah. I find it funny, Ant, that whenever we sign a good player... All the fans of these big clubs are going, oh, we were after him. We were interested in him. But they will not go, like you said, with, with, with uh, Justin and, um, uh, and, and Arsenal. How many times did I hear that about Fafana? Oh, yeah. you know, we, we, were, we were after him and, oh, we could have gone for him. Well, you didn't because clubs won't take these players and take the gamble on them. And the sooner us go and or a team like us go and buy it, and I'm quite happy to do that if we then sell him on for 90 million or whatever. But he's, he's selling a new contract, he's he's fantastic, isn't he? He is, he's he's that modern centre back. And when I say a modern centre back, someone that reads the game, someone who's also brilliant on the ball, very, very athletic, and also that recovery pace. I think that tackle against was it PSV away where yeah, uh, he that that. Like I love the fact I just say that tapping, you know exactly what I mean. Yeah, so I that just that just sums him up, and the fact that he's here on a long-term deal, and I know contracts are about as useful as like toilet roll for, in terms of the meaning that they're going to stay. But it does mean that he's either here long-term, or if he does go, it is going to be. I I've said it a couple of times. I think he'll be the first hundred million pound defender. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> Arsenal won't have him then. Uh, <laughs> Thomas, I mean, yeah, he's, he's signed a new contract. I mean, you know, the Chelsea was supposed to, I mean, it's all agent and paper talk. It's all a load of BS, we know. Yeah. But, I mean, he has been, an, and you can see why Claude Poel didn't want to sell him from St Etienne, can't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, me personally, I'd just bring back Harry Maguire, you know, and let him go. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've still got the receipt. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I have tried to do that with Perez and Newcastle, but they won't take him. Yeah. Um, I mean, with with Fafana, I, I mean, he, like you say, he has signed the long term contract. It doesn't mean an awful lot, but the fact that he's committed himself to the club mm. that. That shows something, doesn't it? I mean, you know, he stuck with us. And I, and I was like, when he came back that first game, when he came back and he scored, he actually went up to the... Is he, I can now always get these two mixed up. Colo Torre is our coach, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colo And he went up and he was hugging him. So, you know, maybe he had, has a lot more to do than we, with these things than we think. But, I mean... He, he, he just to sign the new contract like that was, I think, was a commitment to the club. Yeah, I think for sure. And it's like, I think there was a lot of excitement around when he signed the contract. I think James Justin signed one a couple of weeks before him, hadn't yeah. he? Or a couple of weeks after. Ricardo Pereira. And then there's this, all this talk of this rebuild. It sounded so positive. And I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> but it can all it can be about can it not thomas the players you keep as much as the players you sell yeah definitely i mean we have to hold on to to these players that, that are making the the obvious impact in in the game mm. um and 
again, like you're saying about the players we sold, like selling Harry Maguire for what was it, 80 mil, something like that. Yeah. yeah. That was the, an absolute wonderful transfer. Yes. However, I, I, I didn't know until uh, I think it was Rob Tanner uh, from the, the uh, athletic that we have on and that, that said about that he signed that contract so that, you know, we would get some money. But talking about defenders leaving, um, Soyuncu, we got him in. Um, he didn't really, we didn't really see much of him that first season, but Maguire was just playing absolutely brilliantly. So he had that season to settle in because not all foreign players settle in first, uh, straight away. I mean, we're going to talk about Samara in a bit, but Fafana was one of those exceptions. He just talked to it straight away. It'd been like he'd been playing here since he was seven. But Soyuncu had that year to, to sort of bed in while, you know, Maguire played his last season. He came in and, you know, we all know the song. I'm not going to sing it on here, A, because I can't sing, and B, because, like you said earlier, I don't want to lose my, uh, my monetization. But is it, you know, he had a bad Euros, uh, but then the whole Turkish side did again. Um, is it time for him to move on, do you think, uh, um, Ant? I think for him, he wants to move on as well. There's been no end of reports saying that he wants to move on. He's in the last year of his contract now. And like the last game of the season, he stood in front of the cop for a good like two, three minutes after everyone else applauding, applauding the fans. So mm. I think he wants to move on. And I think he's still a very good centre-back. I just think the confidence has been completely knocked out of him at Leicester. And I think he's one of those that a new start and a new, like, new scenery will do him a world of good. So... Mm. But at the same time, I think this year, as you mentioned, he's had a bad season, but he's also had a different centre-back partnership partner yeah. almost every week. So you've got a sort of like, I don't want to say it's an excuse because I think at this stage, we he came through as a young centre-back, but now he should be maturing into sort of a more established, more of a capable centre-back where he doesn't need someone to hold his hand for a game. But yeah. unfortunately, he does need Johnny Evans to hold his hand for a game. So... Like whilst he hasn't had the best of season and there are met- mitigating circumstances, for me, I think it's just one of those where it's best for both parties. We get a fee for him, he moves on to another club, we bring in another centre-back and all the best for him and I'm going to miss his song. <laughs> Please don't sing it. Uh, I've heard you sing. Now, is it, uh, is it Inter Milan that's interested in him? It's, I think Inter, Ace, uh, Inter Milan have been linked for strongest. I think Atletico is another one that have been linked, but that's proper vague links, but probably from an account from some bloke in his mum's basement. <laughs> uh, Thomas, I mean, is that why do you think his head's been turned? Because it's like the likes of Inter Milan? You know, uh, if Gattafi had come in for him, would he be as keen to leave? Yeah, probably not. I think it, it, United or someone would have come in for him. He probably would have definitely, uh, definitely not be as keen to to leave the club. But I, I yeah. still, I really hope that he stays on. I mean, I get what you were saying, and but I, I, I think that he, he is still a really a good good defender, and I think he is solid when he does have the time on that pitch. But he has been quite unlucky with the injuries and everything going on. It's just a a case of whether or not there will be one of those big clubs actually do go through and offer him that contract. Mm. I don't think it will be too... Uh, it won't have that big of an impact if he does leave because we do have some strong uh, replacements for him. 
Um, but I, I would want him to stay. I would. Yeah. I, I think um, with 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 Soyun Chu, I think he he was very much playing. And this was another thing I got off Rob that players have this red danger zone that once they get say a, a twinge or a slight injury. They're in this red danger zone, which is when you normally would say drop them, give them a bit of a rest, allow you know it to to recover uh, before it got any worse. But the problem was that because of the round of injuries that we had, that he was playing quite often when he shouldn't have been. But you know, I hear that point. But to be fair, some of his worst performances of the season came very early on in the season, yeah, like yeah. the West Ham away, and yes. like. So it's not. I do. I do understand what you mean by that completely. But he's he just right from the start of the season. It just wasn't good. Wasn't it has been a good. It, it carried on from the Euros, didn't it? Really. Of mm. uh, yeah, the yeah the Euros that, he, that they were useless in. Moving on uh, now. I've, I don't know what to say about this guy. I thought probably showing what I know so little about football. Uh, I thought Thomas that. This was going to be possibly the signing of the summer for us. I thought he's got a couple of years left in him. Yeah. Um, he's experienced. We, we'd let Christian Fuchs go, and he's still playing along in, in America, etc. Um, and yet here, it, well, we, we, you know, I thought he had quite a good preseason. Got injured. We've never seen him. I mean, I think it, it, he's got to be offloaded, hasn't he? I think I think he does. To be honest, it's a shame because, as you're saying, he really did have a, a lot of potential, being a massive, massive uh, impact and and uh, a big part of the team. But uh, I just think there are other players out there that we should be investing in. Mm. The thing thing is, there's quite a few cheap left backs available that we've gone after in the past. Like Tagliafico is available for six million now. Grimaldo is mm. available for like eight million. But the problem is, like, it's still well and good saying we want Bertrand to go. If I was Bertrand, I wouldn't go anywhere. He's not going to get 70 grand a week anywhere else. But, like, it's, that one that's, that's our problem. We've paid some fairly average footballers big wages who aren't going to want to move anywhere else because they're not going to get that money elsewhere. So like the ideal situation is he moves on, but I just I don't see it if I'm completely honest. I can't argue with that because on, on the thing here with all the wages on, it says unknown, which is difficult when they're getting to do it. Uh, but yeah, like you say, it's all very well to say we want them to move on, but it's they say they don't want to move on and nobody's going to come in for him, probably. Um, yeah, like you say, look at look at Yabokovic. <laughs> what money was he on for sitting on the bench for, it felt like, 10 seasons? Yeah. Um, Johnny Evans, um, to me, this guy would be the captain. Uh, we said this earlier, and that he's got he's got the experience. Obviously, he's been there, seen it, got the t-shirt, as they say. But he's of an age now where he won't necessarily get any more injuries than he would normally. But when he gets them, and we'll be saying this about another player later on as well. But when he gets the injuries, it takes him a hell of a lot longer to recover. It does, and then by the time he's recovered, then he needs those one or two games to find him his way back up to speed. This is why it's so important that we bring in another centre-back this summer. I love Johnny Evans, and I think he's one of the best bits of business we've done uh, in recent years. £3 million from West Brom. 
one of the most underrated centre backs in the league. But like we can't just be relying on him. We need another centre back to come in. Would you agree, Tom? No, I would. I definitely would agree. I just think that we need to stop buying players that are so prone to injury. Mm. <laughs> I think with Johnny Evans, it's more age than him being injury prone because he was reliable for about, what, three, four years? And it's just this last year. It's that, it's for the foot injury, but it's it's not as if it's new injuries. It's for foot injury that keeps coming back, the same injury time after time. Yeah. So I do agree with what you're saying. We do seem to buy players that are made of... Uh, made of glass <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I can remember watching his first ever game we signed and I thought well he's passed it <laughs> he's a, yeah, absolute awful awful um, debut um, but again as I say prove me wrong prove me wrong so yeah I mean I, there's, I think he's going to get an extension to his contract and I think we need to because I think we've missed that sort of Wes Morgan you know experienced pro in there that can you know a, 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 you know, a good head on his shoulders, you know, that can, that can read the game. And I think that's what Johnny gives you. But like I say, it, I do worry that if he gets injured, how long it would take him to to, to, to come back. Yeah. Um, now then, this next one here, I can remember uh, going to watch the Charity Shield at Wembley and they read this guy's name out and I was still walking around the stadium at the time and they announced the teams and they said Daniel Amati was in the starting lineup for for Leicester, and you could literally hear the groan go off from the defenders. But my God, he's been Mister Reliable this season, hasn't he, Thomas? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's really great. The the one good part of business that we do in this club is actually getting these players where that the physicality is one of their main uh, strengths. Um, absolute solid player. Absolutely yeah. solid, solid. It's kind of similar type of player to Wilfred uh, Ndidi, uh, yeah. which is a brilliant piece of business, I think, getting him uh, into the squad. I, I mean, he's still not that old, is he? Uh, is he? Ant? I'm just going to have a look, sort of. Um, no one is compared to you, but. Um... Oh, 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 oh. oh, God. I've got I'm going to be unpopular here. I think if the right offer comes in for him, we move him on. Like I think he's done a solid job this year, but at, at the same time, we've surely got to be high, aiming higher than Amati. Into, but if he is happy to be that fifth-choice centre-back, then fair enough. But I think he's never, he can't have a bigger role than that. Choice. You know, if we're losing um, Foyunchu, uh, mm-hmm. if Evans is getting in, injured... I mean, he's, he's not let us down. He's been, if, if any, and I never thought I'd say this, he's been probably our best, for, for the amount of games he's played, our, our most consistent uh, defender. Yeah, you say that, but on average, we've conceded two goals per game. So, like, the standards are... You're saying this, that's not all down to one player. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And I do think Daniel Amati's stepped up this year, but at the same time, like, if he's happy to be a squad player and play one or two games a season in the league and come in for the cup games, great. But yeah. I don't think he can have an active role because, like, quite honestly, like, I don't, I just don't think he's good enough to be a starter in a team or even a squad player in a team for sort of top eight, top ten. But if he's happy to play like that, what, fourth, fifth, fourth choice centre back, then great. Thomas, he, he can actually play in quite a few different positions, can't he? I think. 
he's not necessarily midfield is not his best place so that's where he started out right back i think no that he shouldn't but he has played there and of course you know center back but he is that sort of utility player that we mentioned before that yeah. brendan writes yeah very versatile player who can play in multiple different positions that that mm. and like you're saying brendan brendan could find very useful yeah uh, no, yeah, I, mean, I think we all love this guy, don't we? Um, and Ricardo Piera, he's signed a new extension, which is, like you say, not necessarily worth the paper they're written on, but it's great news. He's committed to the club. Uh, Portuguese international. Um, again, been lucky with injuries, but we could say that about every single player that we're going to be talking about. But, um, yeah, we, 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 we wouldn't be selling him, would we? Beautiful man, isn't he? Absolutely beautiful. Um, no, we should be. Uh, I'm hoping with the full preseason uh, under his belt, but I think he's one that will benefit massively from that. Uh, and I think I think we could start to see Ricardo back to his best because for me, he's the best right back in the league in terms of being a complete right back. Defensively, you get huge output from him. Going forward, like he's he's on another level to everyone apart from Trent and Cancelo. But yeah. He, he's, I think he's one of those. If he has a good season, then he puts us. It gives us a platform that we can have a good season. Uh, now then, <laughs> what can I say? And and, and Yannick Vestergaard. I mean, it's not his fault. He 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 was bought. Um, I guess if you say, you know, this time last year, would you have stopped at Southampton or come to Leicester, Thomas? I think you would have come to Leicester. Yeah. Um, he, well, no, he hasn't. He hasn't had a good good season at mm. all. But again, you know, like we said um, said earlier, you know, he, he's had a different playing partner every week. He got injured himself after a lot being on. You know, he was, he was like, who are you? Or oh, I'm your new partner for this, <laughs> for this game. You know, he was playing with. Um, and he's taken some stick, and I, I can remember everybody remembers my uh, Brendan Bellend show, uh, which was the West Ham game when you know with with well it was two minutes into stoppage time, and Brendan makes a substitute at a corner to West Ham, brings on Vestergaard, we're in the middle of playing zonal marking, and of course everybody's like, well, who's going where now? And of course they scored from the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Is he as bad? As we think, or is it just that case that he's, you know, it's been an awful season for a new player to come in? I think the thing is, is that whenever the club signs a new player, they obviously see something in him. So they they would have had to have months and months of scouting and, and figuring out if he was the right player to bring in. Mm. So there must be something that we can't see. Although with that being said, it's, it, I'm not a big fan. For me, I've yet to find a player, a, a, a fan who is. I mean, and uh, we've not played to his strengths, in fairness. He had the one good European game. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's enough to keep him because I said exactly the same about Perez on your show. Um, your, your thoughts on him? For me, he was brought in as a panic buy because Vestergaard, because uh, Fafana's leg was snapped. But yeah. at the same time, you don't just buy a player without doing the scouting, as Tom says. So there, like, there would have been parts of his game that have been scouted and thought that he could have done well at Leicester. Hmm. But we, as you say, we don't play to his strengths. When we've played in a low block, he's looked like a half decent centre back. 
Like, yeah. like the Man City game where he made his de- uh, debut starting. He had a good game in that one. When we were defending for our lives against Dad Rene, camped on the edge of their box. Again, he's got a job. But the thing is, we play such a high line. Someone who's got mm-hmm. a turning circle of a bus is not going to do well for us. So, but he's already said he's going to be here next year and he, he wants to prove like the Leicester fans wrong and prove that he is good centre-back. And it's like, I'm sure you do on the wedge you're on, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's similar, similar to Bertrand. Like, he, I'm just gonna. I'm just looking to see if I can just see if he if I know how, see how much he's on. Um, like we've um, we've literally signed the Chuckle Brothers from Southampton, haven't we? <laughs> I I did I did some shows with um, a Southampton uh, fan uh, on a blog, and um, they they were so happy that we signed them. They were so glad to have uh, to have got rid of them. But I, I just think he should be given another season. So when he's got the ball, he's one of the few defenders that actually comes out. You know, we talked about Soyuncu, and he's got the biggest pass rate of any player in the Leicester squad. And that's because he's playing passes back to Schmeichel, getting the ball back for Schmeichel, back to Schmeichel, back to Soyuncu, over to Evans. <laughs> no wonder he's got that highest bloody um, <laughs> pass rate. But at least Vestergaard, when he's got, he had the ball, he just tried to come out with it. I was wondering what you were going to say when you said Sienchi has the biggest in the squad, but I don't know if you know. <laughs> <laughs> Rumour has it he has a big head. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but uh... Uh, no, just I can't. He's not even listed down in here in the squad. My God, that's how that's uh, that's saying something. So I can't tell you how much he's on. And Castagna Thomas, I mean, there's no words, is there? Again, plays left or right, um, can play at both. He's got a goal in him. We've seen that. Um, Yeah, he's going nowhere, is he? Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Solid player. He has a lot of potential. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, And one of our better signings. I love Castagna. Class player. Mm. And he makes Chilwell look. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get you demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> he makes us not miss Chilwell. I think that's what you're yes, trying to yes. say, isn't it? That, that, that's what you're looking for. I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. That, that was the short and quick one with Castagna, Luke Thomas. Um, we, I mean, there's, again, there's a good player in there. There's a confident player in there. It takes confidence to. Be running up behind Damien Vardy and, and shouting at him to leave the ball so that he can have a shot. Um, and he scores, and, and he then you know, he's played in Europe. Uh, he is our future left back, isn't he, uh, Thomas? Definitely 100%. It's very unclear as well. Uh, I can't possibly see him moving to another club. I think it would be ridiculous if, if, if he would leave. And I, I think he, he looks like he enjoys his time. At Leicester, mm. uh, I really hope that that he stays on with us. I mean, again, stay with you for a second, Thomas. I mean, when um, when you've got uh, Luke Thomas, uh, Kieran Dewsbury Hall, Harvey Barnes on that side, and obviously all come through the youth system together. Yeah. And I, and I do say this tongue in cheek quite a bit, but it it's like watching Brazil. I mean, the, the understanding that they've got, uh, and it's just it's just lovely to watch. 
it is, it's 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 really it's a really good sign. I, I love that when watching Leicester and seeing the players that are being brought up through the ranks and the way that they've been coached, you can tell is proper proper top tier top level. Um, and yeah, for Luke Thomas specifically, I I would not want him to go anywhere. And are you a, a Thomas fan? He plays for England under twenty one, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's there's a good player in there, and you say he's a confidence player. I do think there's been the talk of him potentially going out on loan. Quite simply, I don't think we like. I do think that would benefit him going somewhere playing week in week out in the championship. But quite simply, we don't have the players to go and loan him out. Like, yeah. So he needs to yeah. stay. Do you think he? Do you, or do you think he's sort of so far into the first team that would it be a bit of a Come down, well, not say come down. He does what he's told, obviously. But you know, is is it is he past that loan period no. now? I wouldn't say so. I'd say if you look at a player that can go somewhere and play week in week out, it's got to be better than being the second choice left back, which is yeah. what he like. As much as we love him, he is behind Justin in the pecking order at left back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I must admit, that was one of the reasons I thought Bertrand would be good when we signed him, uh, that he could bring him bring him through. Uh, Rene, good evening. How are you, sir? Hope you are well. Um, Harvey Barnes, let's stick with you, Ant. Um, a, 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 a hot and cold season for him this season. Uh, and I don't know, he's one of those players that a lot of fans seem to have taken against. But... You know, he, he, he came back, we brought him back early from his loan spell at West Brom. We know what he's capable of when he's, he's on form. And, you know, are we again looking at the fact that, you know, are we judging too many players on that one season last season? Yeah, for Barnes, he's one of those. If you look at his season purely by numbers, he had a half-decent season last year. Mm. But it's like when you watch him, you can see that he was far from at his best. So... He's one of those key. He's going to be a key member of the squad next year, but I do think personally for him, he needs to have a good season next year. Thomas, I, I remember a couple of seasons ago, everybody was saying like, "Oh, he's a really good player. He's fast. He gets the ball down to the byline, but yeah. he needs to shoot more and and and, and get a few more attempts on his goals." And when yeah. he started scoring, they kept going. Oh, he's a greedy player. He should be passing it. <laughs> but that's fans for you, I guess, isn't it? That's it. At the end of the day, we're not the ones that are on the pitch. Uh, and he, I think he's a solid, solid all-round player, but he, he does need to take his needs to take his chances more. I think he needs to have that shot on goal to kind of remind the fans what he really is capable of. Yes. Uh, there are so many times where I watch him and I think kind of similar to... Tavardi, in a sense, how quick he is on the ball, the way he's making the runs. It, he, he's just an all-round quality player, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he has had a bad season, but uh, not the best season. But at the end of the day, these things happen. Just need to keep working. We have to, we have to come. To, certainly keep him, though. Definitely keep him. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Tillemans. <laughs> this is a show on its own, Ant, isn't it? And we we spoke a lot about him on your show earlier. Um, mm -hmm. I I just wish he'd make his mind up because I don't think he's helping the club out now. And I'm you know I'm not saying that he has any right or you know we have any right to expect that he should be helping us out, but. 
he's, he's just he, he's not making it easy for Leicester, is he? Well, keep it short and sweet. He needs to either either stay his going or go. Like, mm. stay, like make his mind up now because he is completely dragging Leicester's transfer window through the mud by saying, oh, we'll decide in September or we'll wait if any offers come in. So I love Tiedemann's absolute class player and I hope he signs a new contract. But if he's got no intention to do that, just go. I, yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, Thomas, you know, we've seen this happen uh, for me with, with, with Kante, the fact that, you know, he jumped ship as soon as he could. Um, but fair enough to him, he went to Chelsea, uh, who were a bigger club. And, but, you know, how long it took him to to sort of do a letter saying thank you to Leicester for sort of what we'd given him. He took his car, his new BMW, and, and fucked off. And then when he did write a letter, it was, we, we were the uh, football club of Leicester, <laughs> he referred to us. And then you had Mares, of course, who apparently we held his career back for two years. You know, the fact that we got through to a, a, a quarterfinal of the, Champions League, which was further than any other English club done, and and he he kind of has left a sour taste in our mouths. Yeah. Is Tillemans in danger of doing that? I I have a I I think he's a little bit selfish in a sense, and not only that, but when he is playing, there are so many times where he, I think he holds onto the ball too much, and when he does release the ball, a lot of the passes that I've been watching this season have been going astray. Mm. Um. But I, I, I just, I really do hope that he makes his mind up in this whole situation with, is he going to stay at the club or is he going to go, gets wrapped up fairly soon? Because as Ant was saying, it's kind of bringing the whole rest of the, the club down. It is. That's it, it, it is. Um, I agree. Uh, James Madison, Ant. Um, again, another one that, that sort of had a hot and cold uh, season. Um, but when he was actually finally back to his, his normal self, he um, well, there was nobody better than him at the end of the season. And what Gal Southgate saw or didn't see in him, I do not know. I think you're being a bit unfair to him there, saying a bit of a hot and cold season. Barring the first month of the season, he's been absolutely brilliant since. But when but... he came back from his injury, he was you know it took him a while to settle in. That was that, that was that first month, wasn't it? But he was injured and didn't really settle. But he's just he's just a class player. Yes. Like, he is absolute levels above Mason Mount. I don't know what Mason Mount is doing to Gareth Southgate, and I hate to think to get <laughs> him in the squad. But... Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's and like. I think he's matured a lot. Like since he's had his son, he's yeah. matured yeah. a lot, and I think it's benefited us massively. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say that actually, Thomas. I mean, he has he has matured. He's a game changer, isn't he? He is. He is a game changer. I think, and not only that, but Leicester playing through and through. Leicester playing through and through. I, I don't really say see him uh, fitting that well at any other club. Mm. I think he's such a solid player for us. Um, and yeah, just, just very, very exciting to see him play. Yeah, Let, let's cover the next two together. Um, because I think these are two players, and we, we spoke about Mark O'Brien earlier on your show. And you've got to love him, he wears his heart on his sleeve, he gives it all for, for, for Leicester. But giving his all, 
it does not always make it you know, <laughs> a good game for him. Um, is it? You know, I think you were thinking it was time for Mark Albrighton maybe to move on. And is it the same for for Hamza? I mean, I, what I don't get with Hamza is that I liked. I didn't like him. I preferred Mendy over him. I've got to be honest with you. He always had a red card in him. He seemed to get that out of his system. And he came, he played against that, he played against Liverpool in defence. Rogers completely licking his arse and saying how good he was, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then we never saw him again. Yeah, Brendan Rogers man management. But um <laughs> Brighton, uh, I don't think we should get rid of him. I just don't think he should have anywhere near as much of an active role as he's had in the squad. But this year, but I think that's partly down to injuries. But to have him as a bit part player who you can sort of rely on to play four or five positions um, in games, like it's not ideal, but you have to start him. But mm. almost like James Milner type player, but like he's been around the block, he's the ultimate professional, but he shouldn't be a starter. No. And then with Hamza Chowdhury, like I just I don't know how he's still here. He seems to be linked to a linked to a club every transfer window. And still end up. Ends if, you up were, if you were linked to a team that Steve Bruce was managing, would you want to go? <laughs> yeah. Mate, very true. But like, I rest my case. I, <laughs> I just don't think I don't see like a lot of Leicester fans love him. I just I get that he's got the passion and all of that. But as a footballer, I just don't think he's all. I think he's very average to me, mm. honestly. Maybe Thomas. I mean, maybe I'm just had a, so a couple of few. Uh, Couple of good games, um, which maybe elevated him up a little bit. Bruce yep. was interested in at Newcastle with, with Hamza. He's now after him at sort of from West Brom. Um, we 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 are, you know, we've got Indeedy, we've got Mendy. He's probably for me, he's probably third choice, to be honest with you. Um and like like uh, like Ant said with with uh, All Brighton, he's not a starter. I think he only played as much as he did the season before last because under was was so poor. Um, we didn't have that problem this season, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they both left. Yeah, I mean, I I personally think that Albrighton uh, <laughs> doesn't get the respect that he that he deserves mm. in of how uh, how far he's 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 brought the club. And every single time I see him play, he's always, always given it 110%. This is, again, just my opinion, but I, I'm right behind Albrighton. Again, it's the whole thing, though, of uh, at what point does he leave the club? Uh, at what point? But due to the fact that, obviously, it's, uh, he isn't a starter in yeah. most cases. Um, and I still have to... Have to say that him and and Hamza, I'm, I quite like him as well. I think he's a he's a good player. Um, I think he's solid. There we go. Point proven. Yeah. <laughs> turf Mole House. Oh, is that Turf Mole House? I'm not sure which. Dan, how the devil are you? Welcome along. Yes, this is this is the premier content I was telling you about. Um, one day, one day you you may be back. One day you'll fly away. Where, where, I've got to ask, where did you put Burnley? Because he did a he did a show on this great channel, Turf Miles TV. Any championship content, get over there. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, I can't resist it. But where he's just in a program where he was putting obviously all the teams in order. Where did you put Burnley? I mean, I, I said twenty third, but you didn't seem to agree with me. Right, moving on. 
To be fair, we might get Dan on the Premier League channel when Nathan Collins moves to Leicester, so he might be back on Premier League. This is, this is very true. Yes, yes. Sooner than he was open, but yeah. not for the reasons that he was open, but he might, <laughs> he might be back. Or we might have you in the club. <laughs> yeah. always, that's what I do. When we sign a player from a club, I like to get a fan on from that club to tell us what he's like. So, yeah, you know, and but keep your fingers crossed that we buy him. Um, and well, he, I mean, Kieran Jusbehall, what the hell can we say? Keep build the squad around him. He's got to be, he's going to be a core player for us for the next few years. Don't think there's much more to say, really. No, amazing season, Thomas. Um, you know, he's, he's got his goal. Uh, he, he's a local lad, he wants to play for Leicester. He's delighted to sign a new contract. And again, yeah. is you know, we've got to, we've got to look at this and go in, yeah, we haven't signed anybody, but we're tying these, these. Good players down. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so important that we, that we keep him in the squad and, and keep him uh, getting the the game time that that he deserves. Mm. Now then, Mendy. Um, again, we touched on this earlier in, in your show, Ant. Uh, I like him, <laughs> and yeah, he's not Indeedy. Um, the problem with Indeedy for me is he's a great shot blocker. Well, there's a, both. Let's talk about Indeedy as well because he, he, the, the two of them are there. Indeedy is obviously the, he's probably the best at, best at what he does in the Premier League. But for me, his distribution isn't necessarily brilliant. I think Mendy's distribution is better, but it's you know he, he wanted to leave in the summer quite rightly because he was left out of all the squads. Um, he's the only player there that, that won a trophy last year, apart from the Community Shield when he won the Afghan. Um, indeed, he obviously we 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 want to keep him as long as we can. But if he's happy to be a squad player, would you keep Mendy? No, I do. I I see a lot of praise for Mendy, and I just do not understand it. I think he is like saying bang average. I think that's being nice because defensively, he's a defensive midfielder who doesn't win tackles. And doesn't and defensively like is defense like as I say can't defend like yes he he passes the ball nicely and transitions the ball nicely but he's defensively so suspect he doesn't like, he doesn't follow the passes he doesn't follow the runners and he's not physical enough to win and many of his duels so for me the biggest sign is look at the drop the like and as we say indeed he is a very high bar. But the drop-off from when Ndidi plays to Mendy is huge. And for me, get rid of him. I, I don't get the like the, the hype train around him. I really don't. Thomas, your thoughts on uh, all those two? I completely agree with, with what you're saying. I, I, I think that Mendy is is uh, massively overrated. I don't think he's he's done enough to to make me stand back and take a look at him and think, wow, he's a, he's a proper solid player that we're going to you know, really benefit from. Um, indeed, he absolutely solid, but I, I don't really think Mendy's anything that mm. special. And I'd be too sad to, to see him uh, go elsewhere, to be honest. Do we, need, do we need either him or Hamza as a backup to Indeedy? Because they're, they're obviously the two options that we usually go to. We need, if those, like, if we're seriously going to be competing for Europe, we need to get a, a better backup. If I'm like, mm. Like all the teams around us that are competing for Europe have got like a couple of decent players per position. For us, we need like and this has been a position that we've needed to strengthen for a while. The drop off from Ndidi to Chowdhury is huge. Chowdhury is a there's a reason that he's been linked to Middlesbrough and 
mm. and West Brom because that's his level. So if we if that's our backup, then like then we're not no, serious about pushing for Europe. It's a fair point. And I've just got to say this to Dan that you know when kids as a kid you went to a sweet shop and you looked at the window and you could see all the sweets, but you couldn't have it because it was shut, it was Sunday, it wasn't open. That must be like Dan is now looking at these players wishing and that's all he can do is wish but uh and just on that twitch if you are on twitch you can actually now watch us on twitch we have a twitch channel ltid tv because they wouldn't let me have Leicester till i die so it's ltid tv as indeed it is on tiktok as well um at least at least he, he may have lost his premiership status dan but he hasn't left uh, lost his humor <laughs> that's good samari now to me, and there's talk about him going already. Monaco, I think it's Monaco, are after him. Um, as I said before, when you sign a player from abroad, they're coming in, and or even any new player. And I've moved. I was born in Leicester. I went to Blackpool, and it took me a while to get settled in, to make new friends, and um, feel at home. Uh, obviously did eventually but it took me a couple of years and then I moved again so it was a waste of time but you know Samari's come over he hasn't kind of hit the ground running we know that um, Fafana did but I mean that can tend to be the exception again I think there's a good player in there but the rumours are and that he's not he's been asked to do things by Brendan that he hasn't done in his gameplay <sighs> Keep or get let go, I suppose is the question. I would like to see him stay because I think there is a half decent player in there. And we've seen it at moments like the Liverpool game where where he played very well, the community shield he played well. Mm. And it's like to write a player off after one season, he must be doing something seriously wrong in training. So for me, I'd say keep, but I do think the club will sell him, particularly mm. with these Monaco links now. I mean, Thomas. You know, we we don't we don't see training every day. This is obviously why we we <laughs> we get a lot of things wrong. Um, yeah. Would you agree with Ant there? You know, if the offer comes in, let him go, or is he a player that can develop? I think if the right offer comes in, then then he would choose to go. Uh, but I also think that that he he does need maybe some some more time to to see how he can be in, involved in the squad. Yes. Uh, yeah. In, in, indeed. And we're on to uh, the, the strikers. Um, <laughs> Jamie Vardy, I mean, you know, he, he, he keeps... Somebody said on your channel earlier, and oh, he's getting a bit on now. Is he getting a bit old now? But I think last season, I, I, I think I'm right with the stat, where he scored more goals per game, equal top with whoever, whoever else was, was equal top with him. Um, he knows, you know, we know he's coming to the end. He's got, I think, a year left on his contract He's on like 140 grand a week, and you know we know worth every penny. Uh, he's got you know his um, American football team, and I can see him sort of maybe having another season, possibly one more if, he, if we offer him an extension, uh, and then we, you know moving to America, doing what Christian Fuchs has done, playing in the North American League. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be able to start every single game and play for 90 minutes. But can you imagine having him as an impact sub? That's it. He's it's like by the way, but you know Brian who commented that earlier. 
yeah. he's a Derby fan, so take it with a pinch of salt. Ah, <laughs> enough said, enough said. <laughs> but Vardy's going to be crucial in the next couple of years. As I say, he won't have that major role that he's had in the past, and his best days probably are behind him. Mm. But it's now about passing the torch to Daka, who I've I've still got high hopes for him, and I think his first season was very good. Dakers, I think yeah. a lot of people have been very, far too critical of the player that we brought in from the Austrian league, who was never going to be the finished article in the first season. It was always a player that's about the potential, and we've saw, seen that potential on occasions. And throughout Lost the season, you <laughs> yeah. said really, you know. yeah, I think. We've seen throughout the season his game has developed. He started running the channels more. He started making those runs in behind that Vardy's making. He's becoming more of that focal point that Vardy is. Mm. So give him next season, start becoming the main. I think then he becomes the main man. And I've already put a, put a cheeky little bet on with the mate, but I think Daka will be our top scorer next year. Could could well be. I mean, can you imagine, Thomas, if you are a defender at Fulham or somewhere like that, and you, you've been defending against Daka for 70 minutes, and yeah. you finally see his number come up and he goes off, you think, thank God for that, because he, yeah. he's not slow. And then you see Vardy coming on for the last 20 minutes. I mean, yeah. no. <laughs> you'd Obviously, give up, wouldn't you? <laughs> you wouldn't want that. Um, Vardy's been such a such an important player in the, in the past few years and all the time that he's been at the club. I think that he is coming towards the end of his, his tenure. I think he's he's going to retire within the next uh, within the next few years. Um, and like you were saying, impact sub, I think quite possibly could be his role next season. And I would pick Daka over Iheanacho to be the, the main man up front. Is, I mean, the problem you've got, I suppose... And it's a bit like the the Mares situation. Whoever you put in that role is forever going to be compared to Vardy, you mm. know. And if he doesn't produce, he's not as good as Vardy. You know, Vardy would have scored that. And mm. it's like with Mares, you know, oh, we have not got. We need another Mares, and then, yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot to live up to, hasn't he? We didn't help, but oh, he's not as good as Mares when we signed his stunt double, did we? We did. We did. No, I, I do have faith in Dakar. I really do. And like, there's a reason clubs like Liverpool, Dortmund and all of these clubs are in for him because he is a real, real talent. With Inacho, I think he's one of our most underused, underutilised players. But Brendan Rodgers doesn't seem to like him for whatever reason. When he played, he was absolutely brilliant when he got a consistent run in the team. But for whatever reason, he's not rated at the club. So I think Dakar's a way forward for us. I mean, Thomas, do you think Inacho is going to go? I mean, for me, I was so excited when we signed him. I, I, yeah. I worked with a couple of Man City fans who didn't want him to go. Um, he, you know, Pizzo, he never proved himself. When he was getting 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes here, there, you can't, you know, That's you can't it, I mean. always make an impact, you know, like you can maybe score an odd goal here and there. But, you know... But when he had that chance last season, and I know, you know, he was kind of, it was forced upon Brendan Rodgers to play those two up front. We, yeah. I still say now, we would not have finished fifth uh, the season, you know, on, on that season and got into the Europa League if it wasn't for Inacho's goals. I think that that's exactly it. And it's also a case of uh, what does Inacho realistically want from his football? Does he want to... If he wants a chance of winning the winning a, a major European 
a title, then I don't think Leicester is the right place for him to do so purely because of the fact that Dakar, you know, has come in and he has been has been used very, very frequently. Mm. And you just have to think if if an offer does come come through for Kalechi, is he gonna is he gonna take it or is he not? Because if I was him, I probably would. If he goes out, uh, do we need to buy another striker? No, we need to buy Luckman as that third choice striker because then Luckman's mm -hmm. that ultimate rotation option. Can play on the left, can really push Harvey Barnes, uh, can mm -hmm. play down the middle, and then can play on the right. So I don't think we need to buy an out and out striker, but we need to buy like a quality player who can sort of cover the front three. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll come, we'll, we'll, we will mention Luckman at the end because he, he did have a big impact last season. But they say that you save the best till last, but yeah. we've probably saved. <laughs> we've gone totally against that. Perez, now, you know, I was surprised because you, you actually said on your show and you, you, you're quite a fan of Perez, but... Yeah, you I, know, I've got a comment on that saying on Perez's lawyer. No one's defended Perez like you apart from his lawyers I can't lie it's true though it's true I mean you know I mean the, the, you know I can remember was it was it the the West Ham game wasn't it when he got sent off and I can remember that we tried you know we, we tried to um query it with the FA with the disciplinary committee um and but they wouldn't extend it for us which I thought was very unfair of them <laughs> but in how many years has he been here? It was it was Roger's first signing. He there's a good player in there, I am sure. And again, it's a case of we don't play to his strengths, but we kept saying he needs to play in his right position. He's not a right winger. When he did play in his right position, he was still crap. You say he was crap, but first season for us in the Premier League, um, he got eight goals for us and four assists whilst playing as a right winger, which as we've mentioned isn't isn't his position. And like, I don't, as I said before, I don't think he's the answer. I do think it's best if he moves on. But if yeah. we're going to praise yeah. one player for working hard off the ball, then it's got to be something that's praised across the squad. Because Perez works as hard as Albrighton and there's numbers there that back that up of distance travelled, sprints put in, all of that side of it, uh, tackles one, uh, pressures, all of that backs it up. So if you're going to praise Albrighton for working hard, then I don't see how you can't say to a Perez, well, yeah, he might not be the best player in the world, but at least he puts a shift in. He does. Um, and, I, you know, I've seen in some games the work that he does off the ball is, is you know, come is, you know, is part of his gameplay, apart from just what's on the ball. And I, and I said to you, didn't I, what Rob Tanner said to me is that there's a player in there that is probably better than the fans are, are giving him credit for, but maybe not as good as Brendan Rodgers thinks. Um, I mean, Thomas, I mean, can we keep a player that's been here as long as he has on the hope that, a good, that there is a good player in there? Uh, uh, definitely not, because how many, how many more chances are we going to give him? Mm. I don't know if I'm watching the the same club uh, as you are, Ant, but uh, honest to God, I, I think Ooh. he doesn't really give much at all. The thing is, I don't know where this narrative's come from because he's like <laughs> the numbers like literally back it up the fact that he runs the, like his like his numbers. He runs 
more than anyone. He puts more pressures in than anyone. He like uh, his work off the balls like statistically backed up, but it's one of the best in our squad. But it's the thing is, as I say, and I'm sounding like Paris's lawyer again now. <laughs> like that, that name tag's gonna stick. Are you on commission? Like, are you really on commission? Like, I don't think that we should keep him. I think if the offer comes in, but he should sell him. But I do think he gets a hard ride from the fans because people were saying about uh, Barnes having a brilliant season when he scored, what was it, uh, 10 goals. Well, Perez scored eight goals and got more assists that season than him. Admittedly, most of those came against Southampton in one game, which is yeah. probably why. <laughs> and he scored against Southampton on the last day. He got a couple. He likes, yeah. he likes Southampton. about then. But no, in all seriousness, no, I don't think he's... I, he hasn't lived up to a £30 million price tag, but I do no. think that like, he does get a bit of an unfair, unfair stick. But at the same time... There's a talented player in there, but we're not going to see it at Leicester because he's not going to play in that position down the middle because he would, he's about our fourth best player in that position behind Daka, Vardy, uh, then Iheanacho. And if he's going to play slightly deeper, I'd rather have Madison in that position yeah. and even yeah. Barnes coming off the wing. So, yeah, just sell him, take the money and hope that some Spanish club's stupid enough to give us some of the money that we paid back for him. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I mean Thomas, you know, he also he seems to play better. He's had a couple of good games in Europe, but we're not in Europe next season. You know, exactly. surely if we are wanting to develop, no disrespect to him, but surely we're going to be looking at maybe players that deliver it more often than he does. Yeah, I mean, the, the, he's not. I wouldn't say an all-round player when it comes to like as you were saying about coming to play in, in Europe. Uh, when he was playing in Europe, he's a decent. He's decent, but. In terms of the Prem, we need a player that we can rely on regardless of what competition it is. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, I just don't think he's he's the right man to to take us forward. No. Anyway. Words and pictures. Um, we're not going to start on Brendan Rodgers again. Uh, we, <laughs> we started with Brendan Rodgers. It's the first half hour of the programme. We've gone through 26-odd players in an hour and we spent half an hour on the manager. Uh, lastly, then, before we call it a night, because they say we'd come back to him, I mean, and why haven't we signed Luckman? I don't know. I, we're pro- I, I'm convinced at this point, this transfer window is just a social experiment to see how much they can annoy Leicester fans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to get a better a better squad player, particularly next year. Squad players are so important because five subs... Um, I've, <laughs> I've just seen my comment. I mean, I've lost my train of thought there, but... That's it. <laughs> Yeah, you're not like next year. It's so important to have a squad more so than in previous seasons yeah. because of this five sub rule and the amount of games that uh, Lookman he may have not got the goal or assist, but the energy that he brings and like changes the momentum of the game off the bench. He's got he stopped the Scousers winning the league. Surely that's enough just to get earn him a transfer in it. <laughs> oh. I agree, but uh, but uh, Thomas, I mean, when he comes on, yeah. and he, he's Maybe better sometimes. Maybe he's had his better games when he's come on. Because again, he's, he seems to kind of change the games. But yeah, you you feel the crowd. He he, he runs with that ball and he gets the crowd going, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, exactly. it's like he's really trying. Yeah, you, you see, he always gives it a hundred and ten percent when he's on the pitch, and 
and it, it is like that immediate impact. It's a, it's a, it, it kind of looks like he's revitalizing the squad a bit when it's you know last ten minutes of a game. All yeah. of us, just it's completely, completely different style of play. Just so much forward attacking, and um, I think he brings so much energy when he does come on. Mm. And, and I mean, and what we said earlier, he can play right, left, centre. And he's 15 million. And, you know, when you come to think what we played Southampton 15 million for, <laughs> it's a no-brainer, is it not? It is. And he's a player. I think if he's signed here on a permanent, I think he kicks on massively and he could really push Barnes for a starting place on that left-hand side. Because I really mm. think Lookman was... I think he was treated slightly different last year because he was a lone player, so he was never going to properly dislodge Barnes. But if he was made to a permanent player and he was performing like he was during the period where he played on the left... And so mm. I think then Lookman takes that left-hand spot and then Barnes could have been the one pushed out onto the right-hand side. So I, I think there's a real player in there. And it's also like we keep talking about it, but it's important. But we have that homegrown quota. And I know he represents Nigeria now, but he he's another one that will fill a place in that homegrown quota for a very cheap fee. And Thomas, I mean... I forgot, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> Look at that comment again. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that was what I was going to say. Is the the thing is though that surprising? There's you know he's now a free agent, yeah. um, and nobody else seems to be coming in for him. No, I, I think I don't know what what's going on in terms of why we're not just nailing him down and just getting him signed to the club for a long term contract. Mm. Um, because I, I think that if if we don't get this deal done, I think eventually someone else will come and grab him. Um, yeah, that is my we, worry, to be honest yeah. with you. And finally, finally, I know I said that was finally, but very quickly, the pair of you, uh, Christian Eriksen, we're not going to get him, are we? Sign him up. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. But, uh, Can I be... I'm going to be really cheeky here. There's a possibility that we could get him. If you want to hear my opinions on it, check out my podcast out tomorrow at four o'clock on my channel. <laughs> that, that's his channel. That's Ant's Perez channel. That's Perez channel. Sorry, mate. I couldn't resist that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Thomas... He, he, he would be a great. Would could we could oh, we accommodate him if we kept Tillemans though? That's the question. I would, I would rather have Ericsson than than keep Tillemans in. To be honest with you, you just need to think about the fact that Ericsson coming into Brentford after the horrible case that happened to him in in the Euros to yeah. come to back into the Premier League and have that big of an impact. It's so so impressive. Um, uh, he would be, I think he would do really, really well at Leicester. But it's a case of whether Brentford are, you know, willing to let him go. And well, the, the rumours are that it could be a three-way um, battle: Brentford, Man United, or ourselves. So we will wait and see, guys. That's, that's been different, and I've enjoyed it tonight. Um, especially because there's two of us that want Brendan in, and only one that wants Brendan out. Come on, Thomas. <laughs> 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 no, thanks so much. Really enjoyed that. I think we've uh, we we should be we should be the management team. I think, but uh, Ant, I know I know you you're not uh, Ant Perez channel, but where can people uh, actually find you? 
so Ant's Leicester fan channel, home and away match day vlogs, daily streams for uh, Leicester news, and also starting to do some pre-recorded videos as well, which is like the same podcast coming out tomorrow. So make sure to check that one out. And also saying that we should be the management team. I think we'll end up like Derby, quicker than Derby did. So <laughs> maybe not the best idea. Well, it depends. <laughs> With Perez staying in there, probably, yeah. Uh, I'd rather Perez than Albrighton, but we'll leave it there. I, I, I have been on so many Newcastle channels recently, and everyone I go on, I'm trying to flog him back, guys, and run to me a bit for the team, but they won't have him back. <laughs> Thomas, your first time on. Thank you so much. We'll have to have you back <laughs> on again soon. Um, where, where can people find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel, which is called TFJ. Um, as I said at the start uh, of the stream, I'm uploading a lot more uh, Leicester-based content within the next couple of months and weeks. So, yeah, hope to see you guys on there. Mm -hmm. And a quick change of artist as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. At the beginning. But guys, yeah. thank you so very much for that. It has been great. We'll speak soon, all of us. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. All the best. Thank you. Okay, so we are back tomorrow. We are back tomorrow at nine o'clock for the World Cup special. Um, that is Group E, and Dan is sitting in for Doug again because, well, I thought Doug was on his honeymoon, but he was in here earlier, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, uh, Scott says, yes, we could keep both Telemans and Ericsson, and Dan says, good show, Chris. Cracking panel, guys. Hit the, oh, thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much. Um, it's, you know it's banter. You know you're my son, allegedly. Uh, on Tuesday, though, because the Women's Euro starts next season, next season, next week, England, we've beaten as a friendly the, the holders in the Netherlands. We've got a good chance of winning that. Nine o'clock, we're starting. Me and Lou are going to be doing the um, Women's Euro prediction show. And then on the Wednesday... We're going to be doing a live watch along of England's first game, which is, I believe, against Austria. Is it? I believe it is. But also on Tuesday at six o'clock. Now, you may not have heard of this guy. Um, he's called Ben Jacobs. He actually uh, is a journo. Um, he's a freelance, but he works for um, ESPN, The Athletic, um, Talk Sport. Uh, like BT Sport, so he works across all those boards, and he's the, he's the one that's breaking the news about Newcastle possibly wanting to go in for uh, Tielemans as well. So that's going to be seven o'clock on Tuesday. No, six o'clock. So it's six o'clock on Tuesday. We are going to have Ben Jacobs on. So really uh, looking forward to that. So uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Then you can cl click that notification bell and you will not miss the show. Uh, if I can ask you, as always, as I did at the start, um, please support the companies that support ourselves. Uh, three retro for all your retro sportswear. I've had quite a few shirts off them. I've got some England shirts off them now. I've had some Leicester shirts off them in the past. They are the original quality. They do a lot of Admiral as well. So for all your uh, retro sportswear, it's 3retro.com. Uh, introchamp.com is for your $6 intro and outro videos, which is about £4.95. You pay by credit card online, introchamp.com. They are really, really good. And like I say, it's about 4 95 and you get them back within 20 minutes. 
and you get 10% discount at Faithful Grips. I still say that sounds like an Ansomer subsidiary. Faithfulgrips.co.uk, 10% discount. And there's a code in the chat below uh, which you quote and you get that 10%. It costs 5% off if you join up and become a gold member of this channel. You get 5% off all our um, merchandise at all the W's, less dot, lester till I die dot com forward slash shop. My thanks to Ant and my thanks to um, Thomas as well. We must try and get them both back on. Um, Ant's link is in the description below. Thomas's will be when I add him uh, <laughs> as soon as I finished here. Thanks so much, guys. I will see you tomorrow, nine o'clock and then six o'clock. Uh, for that special transfer show. Take care, stay safe, and remember, don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye, and see you next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.